And my husband's a small guy, and he could easily kill me with his bare hands. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm always prepared to be killed by a man. So, How's my hair look? Yeah, it's fine. Hair look good? I mean, as good as mine. It's like I have no hair. One day I'm going to have to have my hair down so people know I have hair. Have you thought about shaving your head? No, I have a big head. I have like a Charlie Brown head. I can't shave it. All right. I guess we'll get started. <laughs> true. Let's like start it. with your Charlie Brown head. <laughs> Have you seen my children? That's my head. Oh, man. All right. So we recorded one uh, a couple of weeks ago, but apparently I completely screwed up all the video and in the process of editing that one, I screwed up the audio too. Oh, okay. So, uh, all of the 30 minutes of poop talk gone. Oh, no. So we're going to call this episode four, even though this is the fifth one that we've recorded. Okay. Um, but I think we've got all the video stuff set up, even though it's doing this weird square thing on your face up there. But That's it. We can talk about the whole slider thing eventually with technology and me. And Oh, yeah, how you keep screwing everything up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. So, <laughs> uh, let's go with our first. Okay, so I heard the most disturbing random fact the other day. Okay. A third of the people walking around on the planet do not have an inner monologue. Do you have an inner monologue? Like, do you? Yeah. Like, well, okay, so you're driving, there's no sound, are you talking to yourself in your head? Not always, but sometimes. So, imagine there's people out there with none of that. How do you test that, though? Like, maybe they just don't, I don't know. Well, I think you ask them, and then they go, no, I don't, what are you talking about? But maybe about? they're, I mean, maybe they're just saying that, like, I, I mean, what, then what is in your head if... Like that's really... that's what I'm saying. Like so now, every time I'm out in public, I'm looking around, and I'm like, one out of the three of you have nothing going on upstairs. Maybe those are like the NPCs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We're in simulation theory. Probably. Like you're you're full in on simulation theory. Well, one, I don't do any research about anything, so I don't really know exactly what simulation theory means. But I have my own thoughts about what it is. And I know that, like, sometimes I'm on, uh, I get stuck on a loop, like, in my own life. It happened to me recently, and I'll literally have to say, like, out loud, like, change my loop. I don't want to keep seeing the same strangers. And then I'll, like, change. So. What do you mean a loop? So, like, this one week. It was the weirdest thing ever. I went to, um, me and Callie went to lunch. It was like during work, we were working together. We went to lunch at Amici's in Covington. When we walked in, there was a table of guys that I go to church with sitting there. Like this, they're like all the kind of like leaders in the church or whatever. And I know most of them and they came over and said, hello, whatever. Not a big deal. The next day, totally different time. Because that was like around 12-ish. This was like around 1.30 the next day. I had stopped in Covington to go in a Smoothie King to get a smoothie because I didn't have time to really eat lunch. As And I parked 
in a weird spot, and I waited in my car forever because I was doing stuff on my phone. And then I finally got out, and I was walking into the Smoothie King, and right as I was walking into the Smoothie King, that same group of guys, the same group I had seen the day before, were walking into Firehouse Subs. So our paths literally, like, crossed again. And I was like, no, this is ridiculous. That's two days in a row. Granted, I have never, before that week, seen any of these people outside of church. Never, not one time. Next day, I'm getting my nails done in the same place, right? Where the Smithy King Firehouse Subs is, right? I got done getting my nails done. I go out. I get into the turning lane to turn into Chick-fil-A. And, you know, I have to turn left into Chick-fil-A. There's a car that is also waiting to turn. I'm waiting on them to turn right. They're coming this way. So that I'm like, we're like, stop, because I didn't know if they were going to let me go. Guess who's in the car? Not those guys. Same church guys. I was like, all right, I'm done. Please get me off this loop. I do not want to see them every day at lunch. This is ridiculous. I've never seen these people before. Get me off the loop. I haven't seen them since. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's something... I think they get lazy. Whoever our, like programmers are, I think they get lazy and they just like keep us on. And I'm like, okay. Like, so this is the problem with cartoons when we were little because there was always that one cartoon where it's like they break the fourth wall and like they're like they jump out of the page and they start coloring. Oh yeah, yeah. I think maybe we watched too many cartoons when we were kids, maybe. and that's why simulation theory is a thing. I blame all of this on Looney Tunes. Oh, maybe. I think simulation theory is because of the Truman Show, because. If anybody watched that movie, I think every single person that watched that movie started thinking, oh, my God, am I Truman? Like, is this all? You start, like, trying to, like, look for wires and, like. So you haven't seen these same guys since then. How long ago no. was this? Um, that was when Callie was training with me. So that would have been um, Thanksgiving-ish, somewhere around there. Really? Yeah. And you just, like, said, take me off the loop. Yes. And they just. I was like, switch it up. You're being lazy. I don't want to see these guys every single freaking day. And it was different times a day, different places. It's not like I do the same. Because a lot of people are like, oh, but your routine. And other people have routines. So your routines are going to overlap. Nah, I have different routines. I do different things. No, like I don't want to see them every day. And I know it was freaking them out. I know it was. Because the guy's face, when he saw that I was the one waiting to turn. But if they were really NPCs, like programmed by the machine, like, do you think that well, it's a group of them, so I don't know that they all are. Because the guy driving, when he saw me, I could tell it that he was just like, Do you think he demanded to be taken happening? off the loop? Probably. He or do you think that it out. freaked him out that he didn't see you the next day? I don't know. He looked freaked out. And then we saw each other at church, and it was really awkward. Because he was like, oh, hey, I've been seeing you a lot lately. And I was like, okay. <laughs> It was just weird. Do you think to just have a conversation be like, hey, yeah, that was that was super weird. No. Like, are you in the Matrix too? <laughs> we don't have that kind of relationship. And I'm definitely not going to talk about that at church. Well, well, see, that's where I'm going, though, is like, I feel like that's diametrically opposed to the whole church thing, right? Well, not necessarily. I, mean, I know we don't, we don't talk a lot about religion no, here, we but don't. you go to church every week, yeah. right? Yeah. And, but I don't think it's, I don't think it is because, I mean, you know, well, we are told that we're, Everything is kind of predetermined to a certain extent. So, I don't know. Because I thought that Christianity preached free will. Well, yeah, you have free will, but there are things, I mean, ultimately, what's going to, whatever God wants to happen to you is going to happen to you, period. There's nothing to do about it. That's, that's why we don't talk about church on the podcast. 
but I don't think it, I don't necessarily think it contradicts. I think you can, I think you can have a little bit of both, but it, it, it doesn't, there's no, uh, there's no biblical support for simulation theory. So. All right. I'm going to, I might piss like everybody off, but wouldn't it be possible if we were in the simulation that all of Christianity was programmed in the simulation. It's possible. So everything that you believe, even though you believe in simulation theory, some of it actually, some of the programming stuck. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously the programming stuck. If we're here and we're living it and we're participating in it, then yeah. Whether you believe in it or not, you're still participating in it. Right. These are the kind of existential crises I have while like, I'm driving home from work. No, but I mean, at the end of the day, what difference does it make? Like, yeah, I mean, are I, you happy in it? Cool, then stay in it. That's I mean. so. I've I've been reading a lot of the the stoic stuff, like, mm-hmm. and that's one of those things. Like, you can't do anything to change it, so why are you really worried about it? Yeah. So, I don't know. I I think if it's simulation theory, like. Maybe we try to break the code and be Neo. I don't know. No, I'm afraid if we, like, break the glass, the other side is just going to be, like, horrible. Reset. Boop. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. And then, like, there's people that believe that, that you keep getting chances to, like, be a better person. And so when you start to see, like, these glitches, it's really you're just being reset, which I don't really believe that. But there are people that think that. I have a friend that thinks that, that, like, you're you live indefinitely until you do it right. That's Hinduism. And that's the but, basis of Hinduism, right? The reincarnation. Well, that's reincarnation. This is like you live as the same person. Are we talking like multi-universe? Kind of, yeah. So it may not be this universe, you may just be in the Well, no, you're still in this universe, but like the time lapse, you don't even realize like if you feel a little glitch, it could be like 100 years, but you didn't know it. You know what I mean? So it's all time based. God, this this whole thing took a weird turn in the first ten minutes. I'm not Mary. saying that's what I believe. I'm just saying I've had conversations with people that think that that like time is very bendable. And so, did you ever see Interstellar? Did you ever see that movie? No, I didn't watch it. Oh my god, it's so good. But it's very it's kind of like that. Like whereas like his future self was trying to communicate with his present daughter while his present self was there because he had gotten so far away from earth that the time had bent around. You know what I mean? So he was actually, his future was in the present. So it's kind of that whole theory that time is bendable based off of distance. But, you know, I watched an episode of the Orville where they went really fast towards the sun and it turned the time back. Sure. Same thing. (laughs) (laughs) We've talked about space and time before, about it being a grid, and you can pull a grid, you you pull a blanket, you hold a blanket like this, and this end and this end are this far apart, and then you put a bowling ball in the middle of the blanket, and now this end and this end are touching. Yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with the theory of relativity and whatnot. Well, that's what I'm saying. So if time, if that's time, if this is past and future, and you drop a giant weight in the middle of present, then past and future can actually meet. So that's kind of the same thing. Mm. But uh, I don't know how we got from simulation theory to that. 
That's what I'm saying. This, and like, I could talk about this weird stuff all day because I'm so interested in like how different people see the universe as a whole. Because I'm on like a weird path, like trying to figure out that whole spiritual balance type type thing. Like, I grew up Southern Baptist, and uh, there's some Pentecostal holiness and some snake handling and whatnot in there. And I just had a bad taste for the church and. I don't know. I have a hard time. I have a hard time denying any kind of uh, greater creator, but I also have a hard time believing a lot of the stories. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I think. I think um, I'm actually. I don't know if we've talked about it, but I'm actually listening to uh, a Bible podcast right now that's like just going straight through, start to finish, because I've never read the Bible start to finish, and I'm probably never going to. So I, I'm hmm. going to listen to it start to finish. So growing up Southern Baptist, that was one of my punishments during the summer. Is oh. if I got bad grades, I had to transcribe the Bible start to finish. Oh gosh! Yeah. No. So I might be most one of the most well versed agnostic people <laughs> ever. A lot of agnostic people are, but it's been really interesting for me. I'm not agnostic. I'm Christian, 100. percent But um, it's been really interesting to me because Which that's going to play into our next topic. Oh, okay, Go great. Ahead. Um. I think most of my churching growing up was spent in the New Testament. Um, I was raised Presbyterian and then Baptist pretty much. And so mostly New Testament, didn't know much about the Old Testament. Every once in a while they might reference. See, to me, New Testament is where it all starts falling apart. Well, now that I'm in the Old Testament listening to this podcast, it's so different. And it's almost like two different gods, which I understand I understand what Jesus did to change our relationship with God. Like, I understand that for any, I don't know that we have any listeners, but if we have like Christian (laughs) listeners, like I get it. I understand. If we have Christian listeners that aren't open-minded, go away now. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, I don't want to. Anyways, I understand that, that like the laws and the rules and everything changed, but the relationship, the presence, you know, back in the Old Testament, like these people were communicating with God on a regular basis, not like praying up in the sky, like having conversations with him. And it's like, as the human race grew bigger, 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 our distance got further and further and further, which was probably by design, but it's just weird because it made everything, it brought in so much middleness, where it used to just be Adam and God or Moses and God. And now it's like, because the distance became so great and we had to like, they had all those rules and regulations and sacrifices and do this and do that and do this and do that. It's like it, it put distance and then it put so much mud in the middle. And I think that's where a lot of, when you get to the new Testament, there's still a lot of mud and it's like, you you almost forget where it all, where it was like a one-on-one thing. It's, It's just weird listening to the old Testament listening to it word for word, I'm like, man, this is a different, this is a way different relationship that God had with those people than he has See, and that's, that's one thing that kind of, I don't know, it trips me up on the whole New Testament thing is, uh, you know, basically Old Testament, if you go back to that, all the Abrahamic religions, right? And I'm, I'm probably going to sound like an idiot right now, but. Uh, Disclaimer, not, neither of us know anything about, like from a, <laughs> from a, from like a scholarly standpoint. <laughs> No, I mean, I've, about I've got the internet. Right. <laughs> and a Bible. <laughs> but, 
you know, from the Old Testament and the Bible to the Quran to the Torah, like all of the Abrahamic religions have the same base. It's when the New Testament starts going its direction or Islam takes the the path of Muhammad or, you know, th- that's when everything starts getting a little bit washed out for me. But when you boil it all down to the base of the religion, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Once you get beyond that, I have a hard time rationalizing a lot of the stories. Yeah. And, it, you know, uh, we we I'm sure we both listen to preachers that will tell you, hey, yeah, these stories are hard to believe, but mm-hmm. you have to believe. And that's where I have a hard time because I'm a very binary person. I'm yes or no. Did it happen scientifically or not? Yeah. My abs are like twitching from the workout this morning. <laughs> I'm not feeling it yet. I will, though. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I think a lot of people have a hard time with the stories because they're so... um, They just seem so unrealistic. And I think... I know a lot of people have a problem with the fact that, like, we feel like nothing's happened in so long. Like, you feel like... I mean, when's the last time you saw an ocean split in half? Like, people feel like nothing's happened in so long. But things are happening... You just have to, because there's so many more people and because everything is so spread out, you may not be able to see, but like things are still happening all the time. It's just. But see, that's the thing where like I I would figure now with the internet, with every social media, everything, the minute something happens, it should be blowing up everywhere, right? Or is it getting suppressed? Like I didn't want to get into a, a religious debate today, but. By God, here we are. <laughs> I don't know that it's a debate, but I mean, I don't know. I think little things do happen all the time, though. Like little, I mean, just I, honestly, our existence is incredible. You've seen. Oh, I agree. And that's why I'm saying the Old Testament makes sense to me. There was a creator. Mm-hmm. Somebody created all this. There's no way it came from nothing. I mean, it, it came from nothing, but. Um, but. Well, and you see in the Old Testament over and over and over again, the human race screwing up god's like oh god these yep. people reset suck. reset them again oh my god you still suck reset well that was the whole point if you're a christian in jesus is that was the final reset that was like i'm never gonna have to reset again but these people are going to have to they're going to have to get their salvation through him and if they don't do it through him i can't do anything else because i can't keep destroying the world every hundred years when these people screw up so that's either you that believe might be that. the met best boiled down explanation <laughs> I've ever heard on the basis of Christianity. That's all it is. <laughs> when you were first, when God first told him, it's, you know, all right, listen, you can have everything you want. Don't do this, this, this. What do they do? All the things they weren't supposed to do. He's like, oh, yeah, we were kids. He's like, all right, you suck. Let's start over. All right. You can have a relationship with me. Don't do X, Y, Z. What do we do? X, Y, Z. He's like, Jesus Christ, I've tried so many times. I don't think he said Jesus Christ. He did. Christ. He had Jesus right next to him the whole time. He's like, bro, I'm going to have to send you down there. Like, they <laughs> won't stop. They won't stop being terrible. So Jesus so was finally, So finally, he's like, look, the only way I can balance these scales, right? Because people are terrible. I am perfect. I would love to have a relationship with these terrible people, but we're not balanced. The only way it's going to balance is if I send someone else perfect you're going to have to absorb all their shittiness. Not only are you going to have to absorb it, that, but forever 
they're going to have to acknowledge that you absorbed it. And if they don't acknowledge that, then there's nothing I can do for them. Because I can't keep resetting the earth every time these people continue to screw up. And my issue is I wonder, so Jews are just people who didn't believe Jesus as the Messiah. They're followers of God who are still waiting for the Messiah they were promised in the Old Testament. Yes. And that's all it is. Well, so I'm probably going to screw this up, but I think, you know, I'm not even going to say it because I'm probably so stupid and wrong. Well, because, I mean, Jesus was a Jew. They were all Jews. Yeah. And then when he came, half the people believed in him. Half the Jewish people believed in him, yeah. became Christians. The ones who didn't remain Jewish. Well, I think that's where that's where all three of those religions kind of overlap, is they all acknowledge that Jesus was a prophet. Right. Well, and then I'm not sure with Muslim, but I think that they believe the promised Messiah was. No, they don't believe that he was the Messiah. Oh, they just think he was a prophet. Yes. So are they still waiting on the Messiah? I don't know that part, but I, I do know that they consider Jesus and Muhammad both prophets. Okay. But Muhammad uh, basically was like their Moses, I think, that he basically got the word of God and transcribed it, and that was the Quran. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's my dumb understanding of. Well, either Islam. way, my I don't like when Christians have the belief, which is hard because I just said it, but yes, I believe that our acknowledgement and putting our salvation in the hands of Jesus is the way to do what we're supposed to do to meet the criteria for heaven. But I wonder about the people who like Jews who did, they do everything that God tells them to do in the old Testament, but they just didn't believe that he was the Messiah. What happens? Do they get a chance to go up there and be like, my bad. I didn't realize it was him, but I have been faithful to your laws and rules and covenants that you gave to us in the Old Testament. See, and I think that's where I have such a problem with like the binary nature of Christianity is like either you believe 100% that it's Jesus or not. And that's the line. Well, I don't, and I don't agree with that because if you look at the Bible, God gives us, the human race, chance after chance after chance after chance. So I don't believe that in death... You're no longer going to get any more chances. Oh, and trust me, growing up Southern Baptist, you're going to burn. <laughs> I know, and and I don't forever. I, I don't agree with that. I do think that Jesus is the way. It's like your pass. Like if you actually truly believe, not just say it, but you believe it. But I do think there are chances when you cross over. I think that there are going to be chances to still make the right choice or do the right thing or whatever. I don't think that if you don't believe in Jesus in this physical world, that you're condemned to hell. I do not believe that. And that's why I have a hard time with church too. You know that because I have a very strong faith and it's hard for me when it's almost like I'm told things that sort of, it's like people are looking at me and they're like, well, you're not faithful if you believe that. It's like, you have no idea what my faith is. Like you're, yeah. I have a I problem know. with other people judging your yes. relationship. Yes, that's, and I mean, it's, that's it what it is. But I really, I go to church because I'm trying to learn more, um, more than anything. I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't care 
And I like to play my tuba, so I'm in the orchestra. So. <laughs> I like the music. <laughs> but it has been very interesting going back to the Old Testament and seeing how many freaking times God has tried <laughs> to give us a chance to do the right thing. And every single time we fail. Oh, yeah. As a 12-year-old transcribing the Bible, <laughs> the Old Testament scares the shit oh, out of me. it's rough. You. It's rough. <laughs> so now that, now that we've had our uh, Bible study for the week... <laughs> We're just going to change the podcast to Michael and Mary's Bible study Uh, hour. No, please do not listen to our. (laughs) It would be terrible. Terrible. We're both just like internet sleuths that just (laughs) believe whatever the internet says anyway. Uh, So you've brought this up a few times now. And uh, now that we've had that discussion, I need to see how you reconcile brother husbands. Brother husbands. Brother husbands is in response to sister wives, which we all know what sister wives are. Yes, which um, is a perfectly rational. So in sister wives, the concept is there's one husband, multiple wives, gazillions of children, because all the women are having children. Mm-hmm. Usually, like, some, a few of the wives will work and a few of the wives will stay home and raise all the children. So you usually have, like, maybe two incomes, two or three incomes, depending on how many wives. This is all of my knowledge of Sister Wives is based off the show, Sister Wives on TLC, which I used to watch religiously. So so I think if you go back a little bit further in history, <laughs> it was to produce more children to work on the farms and help gather food. And like mm-hmm. there, there was a historical significance for the tradition of Sister Wives and whatnot. And also men just wanting multiple wives. I don't think that's accurate. I no man wants to put up with multiple wives. Not well back then, you didn't have to put up with wives in the times you're talking about. They just sat down, shut up, and did what they were supposed to do. They didn't have all the attitude we have now. So, yes, they wanted multiple ones now. No, because we have too much, we have too much going on. But now, brother husbands is the way to go because you have one wife that means you're very limited on how many children you can have, which is great because kids are expensive. And you don't need as many people to stay home. So say you have one wife and let's say five husbands. That means five or six incomes in one family. That's a lot of freaking money. Okay. Okay. So automatically you're ahead. Tons of money, less kids. So let's say maybe, I don't know. I don't really think she has to have a kid by each husband. It just depends on when when you come in. Like if she's done having kids, she's done having kids. Like. All right, so now I want to explain the scientific difficulties of this to you. Okay. Oh, wait, also, one more plus. So men, you have all these husbands, so you'd have to have a pretty big house, right, to have all these husbands. There's a lot of maintenance and upkeep to a house. So instead of having five women who, like, can't do all that much when it comes to, like, physical labor, you're going to have freaking five men, grown-ass men, who can do, like, roof stuff, yard work, moving shit, like, all that kind of building stuff. You want me to burst your bubble? <laughs> the type of man that would put up with that shit is not going to do maintenance on I your house. I don't think that's true. That is 100% true. I don't think it's true. The type of man that would <laughs> do any of that, that would be able to turn a screwdriver, is not going to put up with that. I don't think that's true because, think too. And they're not going to love any of those children. Well, I mean... Because they don't know if they're actually the father of those children. Oh, no, no, you'd have to know who the father was. That's important for the kids. How are you going to know? You just do a DNA test. 
Okay, so if she's banging all five of the dudes, uh, let's let's just go with five. It's a good round number of men. <laughs> You're so mad. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm I'm very scientific on this, right? So okay, there there's five dudes banging this one chick. Right. We've all seen that movie, but not all at the same time. Like she's right. rotating through. Right. We got five different bedrooms. All right. Right. Well, let's say one of the guys, his swimmers aren't swimming as good as the other four. So she ends up having two kids by one of the guys, and now this guy has no kids. He's not going to give a shit about any of those other kids. I mean, if if that's true, I mean, so be it. There are people who don't give a shit about their biological kids. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying though is, <clears throat> unless if if you're D, even if you're DNA testing, like those men are not going to have any respect for that woman. Period. Because she's basically getting a train ran on her every day. That's not true. She's sleeping with one guy at a time. I mean, it's the same thing as when a man has multiple wives. He's sleeping with a different woman each night. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is is because, let's say he had one wife. And, and again, we're going back historical on this, right? Even though I'm trying to apply brother husbands to current times. But we can go well, historical. I'm, I'm saying, like, I don't think that polygamy is rational nowadays. Well, because it's really not. But it's really just in theory, brother husbands makes more sense. But, than, I, but it doesn't. because it does. it, Back in the day, when you had fields to plow and whatnot, and you needed labor on the farm, you needed sons, right? Right. So a woman can only produce one child every nine to ten months. Right. If you have three, now you're producing three children a year, every year. Now you're producing a workforce. Right. That was the reason for it. These guys that are going out and getting seven or eight wives, that's ridiculous. Like, two to three, that way you're at least rotating. But now... You need income. You need people who can work. You need adults who can work. Yep. You need more adults and less children. <clears throat> and the men that... I want you to go on the internet and find every polygamist couple that has multiple men in it and tell me any of those men are doing any work. Why They're all would men, blue-haired look, weirdos that can't get a job to save their life. Think about it, too. Think about it, too. So wouldn't it be nice, you as a husband, wouldn't it be nice for you to have like a few days where you could just do your own thing? You don't have to worry about... like. I do my own thing now. <laughs> I feel like I have a very traditional marriage where my wife leaves me alone as long as I get the stuff that I'm supposed to do done around the house. And I've, I've got my nice office up here and I get to come up here and do whatever I want. I don't think that that many men. I mean, I guess <coughs> I think it's weird that so many women are willing to be in a polygamous relationship and so few men are. Yeah. Like, that's very bizarre to me. That's very telling of women. What, that we're open-minded and chill? I don't think that's open-minded. I think that's uh, lazy. I don't, because I think it's more work. Because a lot of times you're having to take care of, you know, you take care of other people's kids. Well, no, I'm saying, like, you don't, you don't have to sleep with your man as often because you got other chicks that will take care of it. And that's, I don't think that's why they do it. I mean, I don't know. I'm not in a polygamous relationship. Well, according but I, to the women on the show, which now, like, the show's, like, falling apart. I know you don't watch reality TV, but it's falling apart. Like, the wives are leaving and, like, all this stuff, right? Because that man is just a bad husband. Whether he's a bad husband of one wife or five wives, he's just a bad husband. Yeah. Period. So, I don't want to talk about him, but he sucks. And it has nothing to do with being a polygamist. He just sucks as a husband. So, a lot of them are leaving. But originally, they said they liked the idea of it because they like the... Like community sense. So why are there no men who want a community sense? Like, I don't... Because men are naturally... There's always... You get five men in a room. I don't care if the five men have been friends since they were five. There's a pecking order to those men. 
Men, men will always establish, and I don't want to go like full on trope on this, but there will always be an alpha and there's a pecking order to men. There's always one established. And there would be an, an a polygamous relationship too. So what stops too? that one guy that's at the top from telling the other guys to fuck off, I get her three nights this week. No, because, I, no, who's making the rules is the woman. In my theoretical. That would never work. <laughs> In my theoretical because once again, world. any man that would allow that to happen is not the type of man that would be supportive or productive in society. I don't think that's true. I, I think, think it's hundred percent. I don't. I think that talk to Patrick. Oh, I've talked to Patrick. My husband is very anti brother husbands, but what well, his thing is because he would be the only producer in that whole relationship. No, he says one. He doesn't want to like physically share his wife, which I understand. Men are weird more. Men are weirder about that than women are. Super I think. weird about not wanting other guys banging our wives. I think men are more strict about it than women. I think women are more willing to share their husbands than men are to share their wives. Well, women are also more experimental. Like, right. That's what I mean. That's more open minded, more chicks, chill, kissing chicks and stuff, right. and it's okay. They can go right back to dudes, but if I were to kiss Patrick, there's no coming back from that. I mean, I wouldn't care. That's me and Angie would not care if you and me Patrick and Patrick kissed. would never be able to sit in the same room ever again. But that's y'all's issue. That's not our issue. Y'all need the men need to evolve a little bit. Like, catch I don't think up. we do. I think we need to devolve. No. Have you seen some of the evolution that's happening right well, now? Well, I don't want to talk about that. I don't mean like that. I just you know, it, we. <clears throat> there are other ways to live. Now, I would never ever actually be able to do this lifestyle myself. Because, one, I'm crazy, so I can't, I wouldn't be able to maintain five relationships at all. That I just wouldn't be able to. Um, but in theory, I think currently the idea of brother husbands makes a lot more sense than the idea of sister wives. Sister wives, to me, one, doesn't make any sense. And it seems like a very outdated, ridiculous practice. Yeah, it's so it's outdated because you no longer need right. people to work the farm. Right. Like that was the only reason it was there to right. begin with. These weirdos that are keeping it going, like they're just And there's weirdos. a lot of people that are keeping it going. That, yeah. Not even from a religious sense, just from a lifestyle sense. Yeah, but what no I don't sense. understand is why, and I guess why no one's doing it the <clears> other <throat> way is because there's no men willing to. I guess that's the answer to why no one's no, doing it the other way. No, there's some men willing to, and there's they're hap it's happening out there. Like I want you to Google search. I'll, I, when I'm when editing this, I'll put up the picture of the couple that there was like three guys and a girl and she got pregnant and nobody knew who the baby was and the whole thing ended up falling apart, but they were all weirdos. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want, I just want normal people who work like normal jobs. Like, That's the thing. You're one not can be a doctor, one can be a mechanic, one can be a school teacher, like whatever, just have all these different you jobs. You might get school teachers. <laughs> But I promise you, you're not going to find a mechanic that's willing to share his woman. See, the mechanic's the one we really need for the house. There you go. So. That's what I'm saying, though, is like men that are men are not going to be down with this. But is it because you you can't be? Because you're being a, oh, I'm a man. I'm not sharing my wife. Or is it because you truly feel like you can't, like you just, you wouldn't be happy. It would make you unhappy. Yeah, it, it would. Okay, well, that's valid. In a, in a guttural sense. My job as a man is to maintain my family, to produce, to be a productive member of society. And you wouldn't be able to accept another man into Correct. that family. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, then you like can do that's, it. That's, and that's one of those things where I think the idea of manliness has broken down over time so much that the men, quote unquote, that are willing to do this are not the men that we need in society. Well, I haven't found any men willing to do this, so I don't think it's broken down that much. You have well, you haven't you're not in circles with weirdos. Oh. 
I don't know. Because, I mean, so this kind of takes me to my next point, which is psychopathy, which is my, my new, like, I'm diving deep into psychopathy. <laughs> and I feel like this, like, I feel like it's more prevalent in women, which allows you guys to desensitize yourselves to that kind of thing. Where I, I feel like men, obviously, I'm not talking about like psycho killer psychopathy. I'm talking about just general everyday psychopathy, which is probably one of the most prevalent mental disorders in the world. I feel like more women are affected with psychopathy where you can just desensitize yourself to those kind of situations. Like you said, you can kiss a girl and just go on with your life and not really care about it. Whereas a guy, like, that's going to that's gonna mess me up permanent. Yeah, I think our brains are very, very, very different in how we can compartmentalize and how we can rationalize as far as women versus men. I think that we – men are pretty good at compartmentalizing. I'll say they're probably better at that than women are. But we can rationalize things to a point of acceptance easier than I think men can. I would agree with that. I think that we, um, and I don't really know why. Like, I don't know if it's because we've always been, because, you know, we, have we ever talked about, like, um, like inherited trauma? Have we ever talked about that? I don't, mm, no. How, like, trauma can actually alter chemicals that can actually be passed down? Like, I, I know about this, okay. but I. Just from, like, Joe Rogan and stuff, like, Animal Kingdom type stuff. Like, animals oh. are naturally, like, they evolve to be afraid of certain things. Like, right. how, how cats are afraid of cucumbers because they look like snakes. Okay. Even though they've never, they've been a house cat their whole life and never seen a snake. Okay, I've never listened to Joe Rogan. But I, I've, I've read a lot about the trauma gene. They call it, it's not really a gene, yeah. but it's, it's a mutation off of, and I guess maybe if you look back historically on women, there's been a lot so maybe we have evolved to our chemicals have changed our ability to kind of handle things. Like I think that for women, I don't want to say we're mentally tougher because we're not. We're actually. I thought that was going a whole different way. Go ahead. <laughs> I just think that like when you're when you're when you're historically lower. On the food chain, like you as a man, as a human male, you're basically always the top and you always have been. You're all of the men all the way back in your line of whatever has been. But for women, it's always they've always been second on that for as far back as possible. So I do at some to some extent, our brain chemistry has to have changed because of that. Oh, yeah. Like, because, I mean, you could kill me much easier than I can kill you. Now, I can kill you if I have a gun or, but if it's, if we're just hand to hand, you're going to kill me. Like, I can't. I think about it often. (laughs) Oh, I always think I'm about to get killed by a man. Like, still, I thought my husband was going to kill me last week. (laughs) (laughs) That was the dumbest story ever. I don't know what happened. Like, again, it was like, it's like this primal. Go you ahead just, and tell the story because I could not believe it when it came out of your mouth. It's happened multiple times. We were driving um, to orchestra practice and we're in the truck and he just, all of a sudden he was like, hold on and like jerks the truck over to the side and we start heading down this dirt road. 
And immediately I was like, this is it. He's about to freaking kill me. I don't know why, but uh, this is it. This is where I die. He's going to dump me. And and he was like, why are you looking? I was like, I thought you were about to kill me. And he's like, I'm going around traffic. I'm going a shortcut. He's like, why would I kill you? I'm like, I don't know. I just, that was my first instinct was like, this, he's about to kill me. And I have no weapon. Like, and my husband's a small guy and he could easily kill me with his bare hands. So yeah, like I'm always prepared to be killed by a man. So I, that's, and I don't think that men have that kind of. So I, I do think that women's threat perception is a lot higher for most women. Like I, I feel like they, they see threats that men don't necessarily see. Yes. Because we, we, I guess men have kind of evolved to, handle threats quickly, but women, women, and that's why I think women are such good at, or such good (laughs) women are, women are so good at being mothers and protectors. Like that's, you guys are built to, to sense threats and protect the children. Right. Because you don't have like, you, you don't have a predator. Like there's no one in the, I mean, of course a lion and a bear are going to kill you, but you're not going to encounter them every day. Thanks for reminding me that I have no predators. We talked about my, my trauma from childhood. Yeah. About me not being diddled. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, you don't have any predators. You're not walking around with people that can kill you with their bare hands all day, every day, like we are. It doesn't matter how strong. I'm strong as shit. I promise you, any man's <clears throat> still going to kill me with their bare hands. I might hurt him and put up a good fight, which is just going to make him more mad and probably kill me faster. But they're still going to kill me. Like, I... And so, yes, our brains are very different and you can call it crazy if you want to. But really, it's just we know that half of the population can kill us at any minute. And that's a much different mentality than I think any man's ever going to have. So, well, so I. All right. So when women walk into a room. Do you guys immediately do like a a scan like. I could kill that person. I could kill that person. Like, I feel like that's a, a definite thing for men. Like when I walk into a room, like I'm scanning the room and I feel like you, you make friends with the people that you feel like you're on par with and the people that you could easily kill. I feel like you dismiss immediately. So no, and I'm, and I'm not like a skilled combat person. I'm just, <laughs> this is me. I in my walk own head. into a room immediately, no matter where I go, it's, an escape plan because yeah, I know I do that. most people in that room can kill me. So I already have to think it's an escape plan. And then it's um, like an assessment of like tools, like, you know, cause You're like, yeah, I could definitely break off that beer tap. Right. Like, hit yeah. Over the head with what it. could yeah. I use to stab somebody, to hit somebody, to beat someone to death? Like what? I feel like there's something wrong with us, Mary. Cause I do this exact same thing. Like when I walk, always when I walk into a restaurant, like I'm immediately looking at like, okay, these chairs are pretty sturdy. Mm-hmm. I could, I could hit somebody with that. Yeah. Well, exits are the first thing. And then I always think about if someone came in front, <clears throat> like shooting, yeah. like with like an assault rifle, it's like, cause you, you'd have to make a decision, hide or run. So you need to know like, okay, if you're hiding, what are you hiding? Like, are you hiding behind? Children, you know, like you always grab a small child and hold them in front of you and use them as a. Well, when the kids are there, that's a whole nother set of checklists that you have to go through because then you have to decide, like, you know, if someone comes. Which one in, is my favorite? Who am I throwing? Well, in front of the predator? my kids ask me all the time, like, which one of us would you save in this situation? Like, they ask me questions like that all the time, and the answer is it depends on the situation, because 
if it's a water situation, which gives me extreme anxiety, even to talk about it, my heart is like racing. If it's a water situation, a drowning situation. And we're about to go on a cruise with don't all give the me, children. I'm literally going to be medicated because of my anxiety of water and my kids on a cruise. So <laughs> it's not even a joke. If it's a drowning situation, I'm pretty much going to, whoever I can get to first, and I would go for my oldest. Because in a drowning situation, he has the best chance of surviving without me. You know what I mean? He also has the best chance of pulling you down and drowning you. Well, at this point, yeah. I mean, for a long time he didn't because he wasn't strong enough. But now either one of my older two yeah. could easily drown me. See, they're more predators. I live with predators. Now I have freaking yeah. three of them in my own house But you also live with me. protectors. See, I think that's the, that's the switch that you've got to flip is... That goes back to trauma. If you, as a child, if, and I don't want to get too deep in this, but if a young girl ever has an experience where a grown man isn't a protector forever. Yeah, I can see that. All men are predators. It doesn't matter if they're your husband. It doesn't matter who they are. So, and that can't really be reversed. No, I mean, I can, I can see that. And that's probably where a lot of the, the toxic masculinity talk comes from is if, like a lot of women have experienced a lot of trauma and they're the most vocal when it comes to calling out guys as predators. And the fact of the matter is most guys are not right. No, they're not. But what changes is if you're told that these, you know, when you're a kid, these men are protectors. So this whole thing takes me into this. I don't, I don't know if you're up because you don't do a lot of like current events type stuff or you, you keep up with TikTok and stuff though, right? Of course. But so, if it's about the news, I'm... Well, so have you seen all the, the stuff about the, the gym chicks that are like calling out dudes for like looking at them in the gym and stuff? No. So there's a lot of this now where basically girls are recording themselves in super skimpy gym outfits, mm-hmm. you know, sports bra and, and shorts where you can see their buttholes. Mm-hmm. And doing hip thrusts and then calling out guys for looking at them in the background. Or uh, I think the the most viral video was a guy that like glanced over um, and then immediately like, <laughs> you know, just flashing red light. I know, but what is that? <laughs> oh, what am I? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but it, basically, uh, you know, he was, he glanced over and then he actually went up and like offered to help put weight on her bar and she basically just called him out in front of the whole internet as being some like super predator. See, honestly, I think girls that do stuff like that probably haven't actually had any real trauma. Yeah. Because. Well, and everybody's giving her shit for being like a clout chaser. Like, yeah, like she's just trying to get. Because it's not a freaking joke. Like if you've yeah. had, if you've experienced something where it truly altered the way you are able to view men it's not a fucking joke. Like, you're not going to be like, oh, let me see if I can get this guy to look at my butt and then call him a creeper for looking. Like, no, no one's going to do that. Like, it's not. You're so happy when someone. When someone is a normal person, because you, you expect that. Like, if yeah. like I have big boobs, if I have my boobs out, like if I have if I'm showing cleavage and a guy looks at my boobs to me, you're normal. Like you're a normal person. And that's more comforting then I know when someone's not normal. I know when a guy is a predator because I know that I've, I know what that is and I know what that feeling is. So it's like a girl that does something like that, almost like kind of like in traps. Yeah. People, it's, 
then you're you're doing the opposite because the real creeper, the real guy is never going to come up to you and offer to put something on your bar. Yep. You're never going to see the real one. Cause Until he grabs you out the parking lot. Exactly. Until he has a freaking rope around your neck and he's dragging you from behind. That's when you'll know he's there. So you obviously haven't really experienced trauma if you think that guys doing normal things like looking at you in a skimpy outfit is a predator because they're not. Do you have like a high caffeine tolerance? Yes. Do you? Like how, how, like I've got a ridiculously, like I'm on my second ghost of the day, which is like 300, 350 milligrams of caffeine and it's only 12 o'clock. So I've never felt caffeine. I've only felt lack of caffeine. So I have no idea what my caffeine tolerance is. I've never had caffeine and been like, oh my God, I feel like I have, no. But I know when I don't have it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I have a very, I feel like it has no effect on me. I could literally drink coffee and go, go to, to sleep. sleep yeah. It's, yeah. <clears throat> I can't say it doesn't have effect on me because I feel it when I don't have it, but it doesn't, yeah. I don't feel it on the high end. See, that's like, I don't know, like I, I'll take pre-workout and stuff and I'll feel everything else in the pre-workout except for the caffeine. Like, I don't know. I've never taken pre work. I don't even know what's in that. Oh, all the good stuff. It's like the nectar of the gods. I need to figure out why. I don't know. It's probably the podcast subject, but I need to figure out why I work out so much and don't look any different. Like, it's a. I feel like you look a lot different than you did when you first started. I do, but not, not to the extreme that I should, considering the amount of work I put in. Well, I, okay. I think, I think you're getting more into the aesthetics portion. Right? Like, that's what you're talking about? Like, how, how you look versus how you feel? Like, do you feel better than you did when I you started? I do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. And it's hard, too, because, like, I can't say, like, clothes fit better. Because, actually, my clothes fit worse because your body's different. So, like, my arms are bigger. My shoulders are bigger. I'm really sad. I can't wear my freaking jean jacket that I love. I can't. It's just too tight on my shoulders. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to freaking rip it. My legs, you know. I don't know. It's just... It's hard sometimes because, and then I feel like people always don't believe I do what I do. And it's annoying as hell because it's like every time they're like, you do CrossFit? It's like, yes, I do CrossFit. Like, come to the freaking gym. Like, I'll probably beat your ass. Like, I can do it. I just don't look like I can do it. And that's annoying to me. And that's, that's where like, I don't know, CrossFit kind of goes its own way. When it comes to the aesthetics portion, because like, if you look at, I mean, even games athletes, right? Like if you, if you look at the games athletes, like these are not, I mean, some of them are now like they look bodybuilder style, Mm -hmm. but if you look at the CrossFit games athletes five years ago, they just look like normal dudes. Yeah. Um, Like Patrick Vellner, he's coming second, I don't know, three or four times now. He's a chiropractor. Like he's a normal dude. Mm Mm-hmm. That just works out, and he doesn't look like super chiseled, like bodybuilder style. He's looks like a guy that works out and is strong. And I mean, I I don't know. CrossFit is more function over fit, I guess, because we we focus more on making sure that you're moving right. But I don't know. Like I, to me, like I don't. I saw an immediate change because I had no muscle when I started. Yeah. Um, and I put on a lot of muscle, but. I don't know. Everybody, everybody's body works kind of different anyway. So it, 
it may come down to what you're eating. I mean, we just had a five minute conversation about how McDonald's tastes great. I love McDonald's. I'm not going to stop eating it. So, well, that's what I'm getting at though. Is like, do we work out to do what we want to do? I do. That's why I do it. I mean, and that's, yeah. everybody's goals are different. Like if your goal is to get super cut, then you can eat chicken breast and broccoli. But if yeah. your goal is to feel mm-hmm. better and keep eating what you want to do, then keep working out and keep eating McDonald's. Like, Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much why I work <clears> out. Is so I don't, because forever, for my whole life, because I've been, I mean, I've been fat forever. I was a fat kid. I was always been fat. So I've always. I don't, I don't think, so I think there's a, a distinction that has to be made between fat and thick. Okay, well, as a little kid, I was fat because <laughs> I didn't have, like, curves or boobs or anything. Well, I got boobs really young because I was fat. And when you're a fat kid, you get boobs when you're, like, eight. So Yeah, I had boobs when I was eight. <laughs> right. So I was a fat kid, and I was Still fat kid. Still didn't get diddled. And <laughs> maybe that's why he didn't work skinny <laughs> enough. Um, so, yeah, and then, so I was always worried about eating, you know, always. Like, yep. I was drinking Slim Fast in high school and, like, you know, all that crap. So now, one, I don't care because I'm married and he's stuck with me regardless of whether I get fat or not, fatter or not. And um, congratulations I mean, on your anniversary. Thank by the you. Way. Yes. How many years? 16. Nice. 16 years. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I really a, don't care. You have a 15 year old, right? Yes. So he was out of wedlock? Yes. Okay, he ahead. was out of wedlock. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it makes it easy to keep up with our anniversary. So it's like, <laughs> wait, how old is he going to be? All right. That's it. Um, Anyways, so yeah, so I like to work out so I can eat without as much guilt. Now, I don't go crazy. Like, I don't, you know, I don't go crazy. But if I want something, I eat it. If I want, you know, if I want McDonald's, which I will eat. That's my goal is, I'm going to be clear my throat the whole freaking time. But my, my goal now is... I enjoy life more than I ever did. Mm-hmm. When I was dieting all the time, trying to get down under 200 and all this other crap, I was miserable trying to figure out what to eat all the time, miserable trying to figure out what routine I needed to be in, how many miles I needed to run. Now I work out to feel better and to keep up with the lifestyle that I want. Like now, like I went probably, I don't know, five, five or six years, I didn't drink a drop of alcohol. Not because I had a problem. I just, yeah. I was on a health kick and I didn't want to add anything to it. Well, now I drink, you know, a glass of whiskey or a glass of whatever every night and I, I enjoy it. Yeah. So, so now I, I work out to be able to enjoy those things. Yeah. And that's one thing that they teach you in the, the CrossFit level one is that health, <clears throat> health is a spectrum, right? So on one end, you have health and fitness, or I, I think it's fitness on one end. And on the other end, you have sickness, right? So the closer you get to fitness, the bigger a buffer you have when sickness hits. Mm-hmm. So the closer you get to this fitness side, if you eat a cheeseburger, that's going to take you down one one peg. Mm-hmm. But then you go work out and it takes you back up a peg. Mm-hmm. If you come down with a respiratory disease and it bumps you down 25%, you've built up this giant buffer. Mm-hmm. And that's that to me was probably the biggest revelation in the level one class. And that was what made me really dive into the CrossFit methodology more. Yeah. I mean, I love it and I'm not going to stop doing it regardless of what my body does, but that, that is true where people associate fitness or health with appearance. Yep. I agree. And that's really stupid because I can assure <clears throat> you I am healthier than most girls who probably look a lot smaller than me. 
So you go to watch any bodybuilding show, those guys are not healthy. Right, <laughs> right. They, they are at, at 5% body fat, you can't be healthy. Right, yeah. Like you need fat. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, every once in a while I get annoyed, mainly when people make the comment, you know, like, oh my God, you do CrossFit. And it's like. So all you got to do is like go pick up a tire or something. Yeah, like I just, know, I know. But it's still, it's annoying. But no, I love it because I'm not just, yeah, I eat what I want. I do what I want. So. Uh, that's my favorite part is like now if, if I want a cookie or something, I don't feel bad about eating a cookie. Right. Like used to, I would, I had the worst like food guilt ever where I would like on the way home, like I'd be so hungry. I would like stop and get like Taco Bell or something and then sit in my car and just feel like an asshole for eating it. <laughs> yeah. Like it was terrible. Yeah. Like shame eating. I used to yeah. do that too. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, cool. I, I ate you know, a burrito today at lunch and I'll go deadlift 500 pounds. I don't right. care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm freaking hungry right now. My stomach is like growling. I'm gonna my abs have been this. twitching. We had GHD sit-ups this morning. My abs have been twitching the whole time. I haven't done those in so long. I know. Well, you had them. You kept getting them back to back and then I'll finally <laughs> kind of switch. And I was like, let me do some of these. Cause I was like, my abs, like you. the whole podcast, my abs are going, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> my stomach's growling. I had <clears throat> microphone doesn't pick it up. That'd oh, be, I hope it, it so does. so embarrassing. <laughs> If it does, I'm going to enhance it so much. <laughs> I'm going to add it to our intro. It's just your stomach growling. Uh, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely getting McDonald's now that we've talked about it. Where, you, where are you going for when you go to McDonald's? Um, usually I get the double cheese, uh, the two cheeseburger meal, two single cheeseburgers. So here's one thing that I did switch up a lot. Like I love crystals, right? Yeah, I love crystals too. Love crystals. My problem is. The biggest thing that I've cut out is how much bread I eat. I used to be able to go to Crystals and eat like a 12-pack, no problem. Yeah. But now I think about it, I'm like, what's my meat-to-bread ratio there? Like, I'm eating an entire loaf of bread. But it's so good, squishy, and warm. So, like, instead of doing the double or the two-cheeseburger meal, I'll mm -hmm. do double cheeseburger and just eat two patties on... Or, like, I'll go to Wendy's and get, like, the, the triple. Mm -hmm. And, like, I want more meat now. I have a hard time with a lot of meat like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even finish what I was going to say. It's going to be even worse. But, go ahead. But when you bite into a lot of meat, it's just, it's a lot of meat. Just, <laughs> it's a lot of meat. Anyways, I think sometimes the two, I like the two cheeseburgers because it's thin and I can just eat it. But it's yeah. a lot of bread, but it's freaking good. So that's yeah. usually what I get. I think it's a number seven, I think is what it is. That's just like the biggest thing that I cut out was like the the bread. Yeah, no, I love Because if I eat, well, I love bread, but like if I eat so much of it, like I just feel bleh. Mm -mm. And, and that was like, like we were talking about the caffeine thing. Like you don't know how you feel like on caffeine, mm -hmm. but you know how you feel off of it. Mm -hmm. That was, I didn't realize how much bread was affecting me until I cut it out mostly mm -hmm. to where now, like, I, I feel so much better. Like, I feel lighter during the day if I don't eat as much bread or, like, just carbs in general. Yeah. I know what I cannot eat. I, like, literally can't eat or I feel so sick. I cannot eat pancakes or waffles. See, that's. That I can't eat them. They make me sick, and I love them. Pancakes is, like, the one thing, like, I will go all bread. And pancakes. I, it makes me, it's something with my blood sugar. It makes me feel so really is the, shaky. Is it the bread or is it the syrup? And I don't like, I don't put a lot of syrup though. So, I mean, it's probably the combination of the two, but something about pancakes or waffles, 
it, and I want them. Like I want to eat them, but they make me feel so sick. I can't, I can't eat them. I haven't been able to eat them for years, and I think it's a, I think it's a blood sugar thing. Although I don't know, my A one C is way lower than it used to be. Now that, that's one thing CrossFit did for me. It really. And that's that's the thing. Like you'll you'll see all of those results that you don't necessarily see mm-hmm. before you start seeing the aesthetic results. Yeah. Like Steve, I mean Steve, over the last, he's been with us almost two years now. I think something like that. Well, he didn't look that much different for the first year, but now he's off of his diabetes medication and mm-hmm. everything. And since then, his looks have changed so much over the last like six months. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think you got to get all the interior stuff working before the exterior stuff comes. Yeah. But I think we call it there. I mean, that, Sweet. that's a pretty good episode. We started <laughs> we, with Jesus. We ended with CrossFit. CrossFit. Yeah. I mean, both very zealous groups of people. Got it. <laughs> Two religions. <laughs> <laughs> Book yeah, ending that's it. True. That's true. <laughs>